the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. R to the third. Yep, yep, yep. We're glad you're listening today. This show... Relevant Recovery is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. They pay the bills. They pay the bills. Um, they do a lot, a lot yeah. more than just pay the bills. So we have an amazing, I happen to work for them too. They have an amazing two-week medical detox program inside St. Joseph's Hospital downtown. Yeah. Followed with two years of free recovery support and aftercare. Yep. We Shout out to uh, Melly Mel and, and Nick, Nick and Haley and the whole team. Um, Sylvester. Mm-hmm. Sylvester's still Sylvester, over there? Leanne, He's Taylor. a nice man. He's wonderful. I don't think I know Leanne. Oh, but uh, and our new friend Taylor. over there. Uh, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Counselor. And um, uh, the Yankee. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, yes. The Yankee. We have a wonderful team at the Detox. I'm going to um, have to have coffee with you, Jamie. I'm going to have to have coffee. <laughs> Uh, we specialize in opioid detox, but we absolutely take people for benzos or alcohol or anything else that uh, you That's struggle so with. That's so nice. Y'all, y'all do it for free? <laughs> Not that part. I oh, mean, like it's oh, okay. a service that we offer. Oh, okay. Uh, we just specialize in it because we offer IASIS, which is microcurrent neurofeedback, which bathes the brain in energy and helps your detox symptoms be less. And you know what? You guys take all insurance. Absolutely. Every single one in Texas. Actually is an issue for a lot of people trying to get into a detox. You guys take them all. Yeah, we do. And then uh, that's pretty groovy. We offer the two years of aftercare and recovery support and recovery coaches and we're all in recovery ourselves. So if (laughs) I go to this detox and I get out and it's like, so I get two years. If like six months later, I needed you to bring me a pizza. Would you do that? Is that part of it? Nope. Can't bring you gifts. Oh, Mm-mm. what if I pay for the pizza? <laughs> I want recovery Uber. Recovery pizza. Well, I mean, I can help you navigate achieving that on your own. Oh, yep, okay. I can help you navigate that. But mostly we specialize in helping people find meetings and sponsors and support Will systems. Will you help and- me as a stylist? What if I need clothes selection? I don't do that, but I provide resources and recommendations for you to do that. Okay. Yep, right. yep, yep. I'm basically, like I'm basically a resource broker. Okay. Yep. I know the resource and I will hook you up with it for two years, whatever you need. And it changes all the time, obviously. So that's why we do it for two years. And as usual, you are listening to us today. Today. Well, every day, if you want to. (laughs) Well, we don't have a show every day. So our show runs Sundays at one o'clock on KPRC 950. If you're not in Houston, if you're not in the H and you want to listen to it, just go over to iHeartRadio. They have an app you can download on all the platforms. And there's a uh, KPRC 950 like uh, channel that you can listen to us live that way. It's KPRC channel. Yeah. If you miss us live, they upload our podcasts every Sunday sometime in the evening. So you can always go go to iHeartRadio, look up Relevant Recovery Radio, and you can see all of our podcasts. And we're also on Facebook or Instagram. Search at Relevant Recovery Radio. But uh, you cut me off. I didn't get to finish saying that if anyone was interested in looking up the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program, they can go to our website, which yeah. is mhdrp.org, okay. org. Or yep. give Andre a call, 844-263-4673. I, I forgot a shout out to Andre. I forgot. He's a really good guy too. <laughs> I like great. him. Everybody's He's very mild-mannered. Yeah, unlike you. 
Well, I just figured that, I mean, he's like, he is like the ringleader over there running that show. And yeah. I figured he would be kind of wiry, maybe a little out there, no. but he's not. He's real calm. He, he's, got, he's got discernment. Um, and, and he is a very spiritually fit, calm guy. And I love working with really him. Really smart guy. Mm-hmm. And so. Wait, uh, wait, wait. What? what? You're going to give him an update? On um, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was trying to get okay, to. Okay, all right. You got to do and it. And so today's topic is, dun, 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 comfort crisis. Is our world in a comfort crisis? And the reason I talk about the subject first yeah. is because we're going to talk about one of the ways we seek comfort, which is sleep, which is mattresses, our bed. Our bed bed and, update, <laughs> ding, 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 And ding. so for anyone following uh, the mattress saga... Yeah, it's uh, a saga. It's it's just an ongoing thing. Uh, it's this, a documentary that I lost interest in a long time ago. <laughs> I hated it from the beginning. <laughs> I didn't even want to participate in this documentary. Really um, but I had to because you were complaining. Yeah. Um, and I'm your wife, and so we're in it together. So oh, you brought that back around quickly. I did. I fixed that like whoop like you that. Sure did. <laughs> that like, must be the oh, Lord working Heather, in you. Since yourself, <laughs> Lord Jesus, help her. So here's the here's where it started months ago. August-ish, June. I'm going to give you 25 seconds to get to give the backstory. Okay. Ready? And go. Okay, so we had a mattress that we've had for five years. I loved it. Donnie hated it. And he complained and complained and complained. So I finally you know, conceded that we'll get a new mattress. But? Uh, but I made the mistake of letting you go into the store alone, and we ended up with the most expensive, expensive mattress and platform adjustable base in the store. And we went to a store that's a robbery. And we hated it. We both hated it. So we returned it. Um, we out five hundred dollars, yep, and we have a platform we can't use. Lost the five hundred dollars, and we have a platform uh, that they don't take returns on that we couldn't return, so we can't use that. So then we ordered the one he wanted to begin with, which was the Helix, um, and we turns out we don't like that, and so we're returning that, and we ordered mattress number three, new mattress number three, which is a Satva S A A T V A, and they're not. Um, Hey, whatchamacallit of the show, but they probably should be. <laughs> right. Well, if we end up liking it, right? Well, I laid on it for a few minutes and I was already impressed. So here's, here's the update, folks. Um, the sattva was delivered this morning. Yeah. And so it has fresh sheets, fresh blankets, all of this goodness, and we, we briefly laid on it. It feels very firm, which is what I think we like, even though I don't really know at this point what we like. Yeah. Um, and so we'll give you an update in a few weeks on whether or not we finally find the, found the mattress of our dreams. Mm. Who knows? Do you think the, the problem is over? I do, because the last two mattresses, when I would lay on my hip, on my side— Literally, it would my hip would go in so much that my leg, when it was out sideways, the ankle would be off the bed. You're boring me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm saying I think we're just old. I think that we're going to have a hard time sleeping from here on out. Um, or at least you, because you're way older than me. But I liked all of the, the first and, and now the current mattress. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, anyways, what I was going to say is maybe you should post a picture of the bed on our Facebook page. Which pa- which bed? The finished bed, the now bed. Oh, it's a so we upgraded to a king in the midst of all of this too, and I went and bought a new. And hopefully, you have a picture of it with a queen on it, like two idiots. <laughs> yeah, because we had to do that for a while. Yeah, but here's the thing: this, the the topic of the show today is comfort crisis, and I'm going to propose the question to our listeners: Is America in a comfort crisis? And we're going to talk about how that relates to recovery and all of that. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back.
Welcome back. All right, I'll stop. I'm sorry. Oh, welcome back. You're to never rele- allowed to bring us in. For welcome break back again. to Relevant Recovery Radio or R3. R to the third power. Um, today so we are going to talk about comfort crisis. This is something that my buddy Ben was telling me about. This guy that was interviewed on Joe Rogan. I think his Mike. His name is Michael Easter. And um, Ben was like, "You got to check this guy out." I'm reading his book. You don't read books. <laughs> ben was reading his book. Yeah, I believe Ben was reading book. Ben's a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. You're about to be in a domestic crisis. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I listened to the podcast and it was really interesting. And it was something that it really touched on a subject that I've been telling Heather for quite a long time. We've been talking about it for a long time. I didn't know it was like known. Like a thing. Like a thing. Right. And, and like here's yeet, how it gets. Like if you yeet something, yeet. Uh, that's a thing. But so is comfort crisis. And we didn't know. I still don't know what yeet is, but I... You are way too old to do that. You are 40. <laughs> I think it's when you throw something. I don't know what it is. The 25-year-olds are laughing at me right now. Yeah, I'm I don't 50. Know I don't know. I don't know either, but... It's like that sheesh. Sheesh. All right, I don't so know what it is. There's a comfort crisis going on in America for sure. Okay. Define so let me, it first. What let, is a yeah, comfort so crisis? Yeah, let so me, let me put this out there. So the reason it started coming up for me is there is this app called the Next Door app. Mm-hmm. And I would log in. So literally it makes, it like really verifies that you live where you say you live. And it's supposed to be like the Facebook for your neighborhood. And okay? so people can like comment about things happening but in their neighborhood on this Here's the app? problem. I can log on there once every three months. Why? Because they're so ugly. To each other? Yes. They're mean? Like, this is your neighbor's You know what? I remember when we lived in our old neighborhood, and you remember a couple miles down the road, there was a homeless guy that- Yes, the lawyer. On the cor- yeah, he was a previous lawyer who developed the opposite of agoraphobia, and so he couldn't go indoors. Yeah, and he and was so, a nice man. A you nice and I man. gave him stuff. And his parents lived in the neighborhood, too. But the problem is, is a lot of people tried to help him. He was just scared of being indoors. And Correct. And he, ch- he needed to live the way he was living. He had some sort of a mental but issue. But I remember yeah. you being on that next door app, and people were like, we got to get this scum out of the neighborhood. We got, oh, like, they no were one so had brutal. any compassion for None. this poor gentleman. None. That's in Spring Branch, that ladies was- and gentlemen. <laughs> that is in Spring Branch. Gessner and Hammerly. <laughs> the poor guy. And the guy he's he, a very nice man. He wears like that fishing hat. He's yeah. a great guy. I love the guy. And, and when you just, and I used to give him food. Remember that time he was like, can I have that vape? Yeah, you he want wanted my vape? I'm like, sir. <laughs> no, it's my vape. Um, okay. I said that to say this. I used to always like, I would log on. I literally scroll through. I see how disgusting people are to their to own other. neighborhoods and their own, neighbor, their own neighbors in Everybody's their own Everybody's out for themselves today. And here's what I would say. Like, you have people yelling at each other for running stop signs. You have people. Would they be doing all of that if their night's meal depended upon them finding food? No, no. They wouldn't. And so that's the idea around comfort crisis. Um, In America today, most people have life too easy, too soft, too comfortable. Even religion. Yes. Western religion is lazy. Yeah. Like, everything. And so, like, we have... A plethora of information at our fingertips. Everybody's got their favorite spot on the couch or the chair. They're always got their phone in their face. And, and we don't have to, like, hunt and make leather to make clothes or spin, you know, wool to make, you know, draperies. We, we don't have to do any of that. People can literally, they don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore. 
Um, right. People literally will say, hey, Target, I want these items from my couch, and they go to the parking lot and pick it up, or it gets delivered right to their door. Who knew that George Orwell's 1984 it's was true. correct about government, and who knew that Wally was correct about us? <laughs> so here's that. This is what it makes me think about every time we talk about comfort crisis is, if our listeners have never seen the old cartoon Wally, Wally, um, you should go watch it. Number one, it's an amazing cartoon, but the premise is there was destruction coming to Earth. And so all of the humans had to get in a spaceship to go into orbit until the issues on Earth were resolved and life could come back to Earth. And so I think they were in space like 800 years or something like that. I forget the exact amount. But when Wally accidentally got up to the spaceship and was like noticing how people are living, these people were in these floating chairs. They mm-hmm. they didn't walk anywhere anymore. They're really fat. They were yeah. They, well, yes, yeah. They they were not in shape. Fat. They, they were not exercising. They were not walking. They were in scooter chairs that fat. hovered. Donnie, and um, they had screens in front of their face, constantly feeding them information twenty four seven to entertain them. And they had Slurpees delivered to their chair, and they the straws had to come into their mouth, and the food was liquid because they they disintegrated their bones. They didn't even want to chew anymore. They didn't even want to chew anymore. They were so lazy. And who knew when they wrote that cartoon, it was literally twenty twenty two. It was now. Almost. It was now. I think that that, we have to take a look at that because that's where we're heading. And I think the flip side of the reason this is connected to the meanness on next door is people um, are too entertained and too bored. Well, if you think about it, there is growth. So what is the touchstone of all growth? Pain is the touchstone of all spiritual growth. And I think that humans, and they will say this in Christianity, they will say this in a lot of spirituality, that Humans are meant to suffer. Yeah. Um, it's only in suffering that we grow. It's only in suffering that we will work for something better. And I'm not saying suffering is like enjoyable. I'm just saying people miss the fact that they get the opportunity to grow and evolve and be better when trouble comes. Well, think when about it. When hard times come. You said it already, right? So I can have food delivered to my door. So I don't have to go grocery shopping anymore. Yeah. But you won't let me do I I won't. I will not have somebody else handling my food. Um, I want I want to pick my food out. I care about it. Yeah. So um, we are not fighting for. So we don't have to go out and forage or find food. We are not fighting for shelter. And here's the thing: like when um, natural disasters come, us living in Houston, I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma where people did grow and and butcher and and have chickens and eggs and all that sort oh, of stuff. Oh god, that's a whole other topic so the, of what they're the eating. The whole other issue, I'm just saying from like a food source distributing mm-hmm. idea, here in Houston, if there's the, even like a rumor that a hurricane is coming, oh, you can't even get shelves. meat or water. It's that's gone. Right. And yeah. so what if something really did happen to our supply chain? Are, is society capable of being self-sustaining like we used to be? This city the H. It will, will disintegrate in a week, I will, think, if you, something really happened. I do believe it will devolve in three <laughs> to five days. Yes. I don't think there will be, it will take no time at all before people are shooting each other over food. It's just a, they and by the way, they won't have gone hungry but a day and they'll be shooting each over, shooting each other over the food they think they're going to need. Yeah, yeah. You know what's a good indicator of society's um, attitude towards each other? Rap music. Black Friday. 
Oh, the shopping, the shopping nightmare. The shopping. When when you watch those videos of when whatever the store is opens the doors for people to rush in and get the deals, yeah. they literally mow each other down to save $30 yeah. on a TV and, and stampede people. And people have died. But let, let's go back to food for a second. Okay. So just supply chain interruption, power outage, whatever, just on the idea that people may go hungry, they'll, they'll kill each other. Yeah. And so that's the other thing, too, is that because we are not having to forage for food or kill for survival. You mean animals, not each other. <laughs> right. Kill animals for survival. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> yeah. But that's well, kind of the problem. Well, it could go either way. That's kind of the problem, though. It's like if we... But I was going to go into a different part of comfort crisis. Okay, go ahead. You mm-hmm. eat when you're hungry. Yes. I eat because I'm bored. Yeah. Some people eat when they're bored. They eat their feelings. When some people eat when they're sad or depressed. Correct. When that's not what humans were made to do. No. We're made to eat when we're hungry. I remember. And we're made to eat. We're we're made to starve a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's why intermittent fasting is great. You and yeah. I have learned um, through our own experience I with intermittent anymore, fasting how try. beneficial it is. I know it's hard to get back in and do it. I, it really it, is. Here's what's weird about my. What's you the, got what? me into snacky snack time at <laughs> nine p.m. and Wait, I can't get out of you it. You make fun of me for saying this word wrong. What is my my circadian clock? What is it? Okay, so a cicada <laughs> is a bug that's in the trees and right, it makes my, noises. My, my circadian clock? Is that it's, it? It's circadian. That one. Yeah. Okay. Is off. So, my, no, mine works great and I naturally intermittent fast. I can eat not until noon and I'll stop eating around six. But then and, you eat again at. Sometimes if I'm in that cycle of it, but just naturally my body really wants to eat, only eat between uh, noon and 6 p.m. That's the problem for me is you want a snacky snack at nine and it just looks so good. I just follow <laughs> you in there. <laughs> All right. Don't, don't go anywhere. We will be right back after this quick break. Listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. Oh, Heather and Donnie Mosher. This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. Uh, we have a two-week detox and two-year aftercare program. Visit our website, mhdrp.org. What's Andre's number? Or give Andre a call at 844-263-4673. We're talking about comfort crisis, and I want to relate this to recovery since we're in the third segment. Well, hold, well, hold on. What? Hold on. Let's cover, cover a couple more real quick, and then we're going to quickly turn it to recovery, and we'll give some solutions. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So we've talked about food. Mm-hmm. We've talked, that's because that's a, that's a big one, We've talked right? about comfort and 70, mattresses. 70% of the population in America is overweight. Think no. about that for no. a minute. 70%. That's crazy. I just wonder how much everybody's health would improve if they had to uh, forage and grow their own food and it wasn't this processed crap that's all in the grocery stores that we buy in the name of convenience. Or if they had to mow their own lawn. right okay so now we've talked about food we touched on shelter now let's talk about our brains comfort crisis in our brains tell me what happens to you because you've seen me do it i'll just put my phone down i can literally just sit quietly and just stare at a room it just doesn't bother me a bit but it's taken some time to get there yeah you look bored to me what would happen to you 
if I made you put down your phone and just sit quietly? Yeah, I think that part of the comfort crisis is that we are used to being fed massive amounts of data and information like cocaine and our brain, the dopamine receptors have become used to it. And so when that is removed from the people who are used to it, you feel anxious, you detox from it, <laughs> you feel anxiety. Um, and what's weird is it feeds it when you have it too. Mm-hmm. If I'm reading the news and I'm looking at Instagram and I'm comparing my life to people, it's like, yeah. oh, my life ain't like hers. Oh, I don't look like that in a swimming suit like she does. You know, it both of it causes like depression and anxiety in me. But but, but when also, you remove it completely, which we yeah. have done for uh, Lent and stuff a few different times, it takes about a week or two to get that, uh, my brain rewired and recentered. And then I love the solitude. I love the peace and quiet. I love looking at a horizon from a balcony or whatever it is that we're out doing. I don't have the ability to be present and just enjoy it when I'm still wired into the information. You mean love? You love looking at like a sunset or a sunrise from a balcony? Yeah. What I say? A horizon. Oh, Which horizon. you can. Oh. You can look at that, but you make fun of me for my sunrise sunset photos. Yeah, I would never take a picture of it. That's stupid. I'm never going to look back at that picture. Let's. I have feelings. <laughs> so I, I have want, feelings. Speaking of feelings, let's talk about that. Well, hold on, hold on. Comfort crisis. People don't want to feel their feelings. But that's what I was going to touch on. So we have these devices. We, we, we are so comfortable that we don't even have to use our own imagination, mm-hmm. our own brain. We don't have to make decisions. Mm-hmm. We don't seek wisdom. We don't do any of that. Research. Because how about this? What happens when you put the phone down most of the time? I don't know what answer you're searching for. People watch TV. Mm, yeah. Your brain doesn't know the difference. Or you play video games. We have to be fed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we have to be fed information. Yeah. Um, but I'm either, I'm either being fed information from a secular source that's kind of like an echo chamber going on in the world right now, or I'm being fed information from a spiritual source when I can center myself and just be. But at least if you're centering yourself and you're just being, if you're just sitting quiet, like I love to go sit out on the patio and just stare out of the backyard and, and all that, right? I can do that for about five minutes, then I'm bored. Yeah, I can do it for hours. and But it's challenging my brain. Yes. To just let my brain go or let my brain be and quiet. And I know that or, it's good for me to do. Yeah. Um, and it takes discipline. That's the point of trying to break out of the comfort crisis is that I'm willing to apply discipline in doing something that's uncomfortable because I'm going to reap a benefit or a reward from it. And that's what most people aren't willing to do. Uh, when you and I were drug addicts and alcoholics and all that, we're seeking comfort. I was seeking wanting to be comfortable in my own skin. Heroin happened to provide that for me. That's weird because I've often thought about being comfortable in your skin. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was reading a book about Dahmer at the time (laughs) as a cookbook. But the point I'm trying to say is is that people don't like to be uncomfortable. And and what our message today is, it is so good to be uncomfortable. Put the lotion in the basket. Okay. (laughs) So you help me put this couch (laughs) in my van. Donnie. Um, here's the thing. I want to relate it to recovery. When I was getting sober, working the 12 steps, um, and learning about the disciplines, the things I needed to add into my routine and do. There's a lot of action involved. There was a lot of action that was inconvenient for me. Mm. And my sponsor told me, Heather, if you can get used to being inconvenienced on the regular, you just might stay sober. Amen. And so I didn't understand how those two things correlated. 
Um, now, here we are, you know, six years later, and then we study this literature, and I understand that self-sacrifice uh, and the destruction of my ego and the things I want is the one thing that provides happiness. And I think that's the paradox most people don't know. Yeah. If, if people go through the world seeking materialistic things for comfort and happiness, like I want that car, I want that income, I want that vacation, I want that, you know, they want, 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 I want that husband, I want those number of kids, I want that baby, you're going to be miserable. I'm going to eat that baby. You're going to be miserable because happiness does not lie in externals. That's the lie that we believe. That's the delusion that most humans operate off of. If I just had that that purse, if I just had the new job, if I just had a different income, if I just had a different husband, then I could finally be Is that a current thought? <laughs> no, but it was my, my thoughts with the previous two. Oh, okay. Just checking my status. <laughs> Everybody else was the problem. My internal condition, yeah. I didn't know was the problem. I thought it wasn't. And the problem is that we get comfortable... We get comfortable in discomfort, mm-hmm. and, and what we do when we get in discomfort is we change it either with a dopamine hit with food mm-hmm. or with constant input from a device. But what people don't know is you can be provided— Or the newest Dahmer series on Netflix. But that stuff is a counterfeit is what I'm saying. It is counterfeit. It's a counterfeit Absolutely. to happiness. And what I didn't know then, but I've experienced it to be true now, is that when I do things that are inconvenient— for me, with people I don't want to do it with, right? Like, like every time we go to meet with a sponsee, you're kind of secretly hoping to cancel because you'd rather like watch a movie or whatever. Yeah. But when I sit down with a girl and I'm starting to read the book and explain my experience to her and, and taking her through the steps and, and I get to watch her change, by the time we're done an hour or so later, I'm on cloud nine. Well, and that's something that happened that we saw because of COVID. Yeah. So prior to COVID, you and I were quite busy with not just meetings and sponsors, but fellowship. Yeah, we hung out with our family we, all the time. What do you think? We did, we went out to dinner, I would say Once at least... twice a week. I was going to say two to three. Sometimes. Right? Because it was like the two, the Monday night, and then the Tuesday night, and then on Friday night. Literally, I think we were going out like three nights a week with our friends, right? Maybe. Then COVID hits, and people can't go to meetings, they can't leave their house, but what happened? Well... Remember, we were talking to Chris this weekend. Chris K, shout out, what up? <laughs> we are talking to him this weekend, and he was saying that he had a meeting he went to. It's not come back. Yeah, they died. The meetings died. The, the people... A lot of people. We can't say that with COVID. They died. <laughs> the meetings died. The meeting died. Why? Because they went on doing, and they wouldn't come off of it. So yeah. people won't leave their house now, and it's not... It's not because of COVID. No, be, people are lazy. There people are in a, a comfort crisis. There's a few that maybe it does bother them. There's a few there's that a few are worried. There's a few that have real autoimmune concerns and, and are susceptible. Yes. Like my friend Dusty. But Dusty there, has to be careful, right? But I think there's a large majority of people, and this is my own opinion. It is. Yes, yes, yes. I think there is a large amount of people out there that just use it as an excuse to be lazy and not leave their house. People are always looking for a reason to complain, myself included, when I'm not spiritually fit. I would agree with that 100%. Myself included when I'm not spiritually fit. And I remember when COVID hit and we had to adjust everything. We took our home group online. Uh, Do you remember that we missed our fellowship, our peoples, so much that, like, I don't know, 15 of us met at an ice cream shop in the corner in the Heights. We were allowed, we had to go one at a time to get our ice one cream. One at a time in the store to get the ice cream. We were sitting on the sidewalk outside in the and evening. And they made us move. They did not want a crowd in front of their store. Oh, they were so stupid. So they made us move. But we hung out for a few hours eating ice cream on a sidewalk in the Heights just to hang out with our people. Yeah. But the flip is true. Here's the deal. 
People don't want to put on pants and go to work. People don't want to take a shower and go to an in-person meeting. But you're missing that connection and you're missing that discipline and you're missing those opportunities to get uncomfortable so that you can grow and be happy. Look at the newest generation. Look at the 20-somethings now. Look at what they're demanding at work and what they're because they've been raised in comfort. Mm -hmm. They weren't challenged. They weren't asked anything. They weren't. They were just given participation trophies and told, hey, buddy. <laughs> You're great. Still proud You're of enough. you. <laughs> right. But okay. how can we help people grow and, and see what are the things people need to do that are uncomfortable that will benefit them? Well, the other thing I want to talk about, too, is just being outside. Mm. This is another comfort crisis issue. Everybody's indoors. I was listening to that deal a little while ago, and they were talking about the fact that how many people just don't go outside at all anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're not getting the vitamin D from the sun. You're not. And so anyways, they were saying that if you're out in the woods for three days. So you and I sitting here right now, we have what's called beta waves. Mm -hmm. And if you're outside in the woods for three days, it's like you are a professional meditator. You start developing alpha waves just by being out in the forest. Really? Yes. Um, And so because people won't mow their own lawn. They don't go outside. They don't do these things. They sit inside on their device, on their Netflix, on their computer, whatever. They don't get the benefits of that. Correct. Hmm. Correct. So, all right. All right. So when we come back, um, we're going to change this from problem to, to solution. Sl- yeah, we're going to do it. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with hosts Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're talking about a comfort crisis in this next segment. The last segment is called Donnie is Awesome. Oh, the C, I love you. I said you're it so for you. Yeah. You're so great. Because when we were at the break, I said, okay, we got to talk about solution. And, and Donnie says that I have none. Um, and so I said, okay, then it's all on your shoulders. I'll just be in my comfort crisis over here being happy. Well, could you identify the places in your life where you take comfort, where it would maybe help you grow to lose some. Oh, sure. I definitely think that I could not spend as much time in my white chair in the living room. I definitely think that I could actually exercise and move my body, whether it was yoga or walking and things that I'm not willing to do. I don't like to be uncomfortable. Do you think there's a chance? A slim chance. Like maybe you could ride your bike with me? So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Um, no, I hate bike riding. That was horrible. No, yeah, I don't know. Oh. Um, but I like doing yoga. Um, I just am not willing to be uncomfortable and get up and do it. These are things that, in other ways, I'm actually very disciplined. What about your device comforts? I don't think that's a problem. (laughs) Do you think that I think it's a problem? I do. I think you're in a lot of delusion over there at microphone number two. (laughs) So what? (laughs) So let's say that my delusion was correct. How could you? How would you fix your your device comfort issue? Well, I would say that I would put a screen timer. This is hypothetical, of course. Hypothetical, of course, because I'm never going to do this. A screen timer that cannot be reset. It's just stuck. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. And so I put that on my phone, and it doesn't work. I I just turned it off. Did you put it on there because you knew there was a problem? I put it on there because I forget. Me and some girlfriends were like talking and challenging each other to see how many hours a day and a week that we actually spend on our phone. And so mine notifies me every week. And I average around seven and a half hours a day of screen time. Oh, my God. I'm on my phone a lot. And that doesn't mean Facebook. That means mostly, mostly it's text messages. 
Mostly Ma- it's on phone calls. Michael Easter was when they were when he was talking to Joe Rogan said that okay, so go to your face, go to your um your thingy. My thingy. You know your This uh, is not that kind of show, Donnie. Uh yeah, go to your last <laughs> week's average on your screen time. We don't have time for this. This is the last time. I know, You're I'm just curious. Time out solution. Okay, so some solution is this, is that... The screen time says I'm 9% down from last week. A daily okay. average is 6 hours, 57 minutes. Minus 3 hours, 7 minutes This isn't a competition. Week. I understand You're that. not better than me. Oh. <laughs> is that a fact? I'm on my phone for work. This includes, this isn't social media only. This is screen time. My phone is unlocked. I'm on phone calls and emails and text messages. But now, now I want you to try You're something. Not. Hold on, try something different. Now I want you to be honest for a minute. Just for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about solutions. Do you spend too much time on social media? Yeah. Okay. I could spend less and it would benefit me. So in what ways? What, what, what for, you, it, for you? For if, you. If I spent less time on social media, I would be interacting with you. Mm-hmm. I would be interacting with humans mm-hmm. in person in our life. Humans. Humans and our puppy dog. Yeah. Our puppy dog. Yeah. Uh, I would be, spe- you know, he lays at my feet while I'm just sitting there on the phone. I'm thinking, okay, he's probably not going to live a whole bunch longer. I could be like out walking him and playing the ball with him. He's nine and a half. He's a Rottweiler. He doesn't have a long time probably. Yeah. And so when he's gone, I'm going to feel guilty that I didn't spend more time with people and dogs. I've picked on you. Is there anywhere that you see that I take comfort? What do I over? Food. Is it- Mine is food, right? Yes. Yeah, it and is. And mattresses. Just spending money <laughs> willy-nilly on every flipping mattress available on the market. Um, but food, like you don't have any self-discipline on, on a consistent basis when it comes for, for food. You will yo-yo in your mind and justify yeah. it and rationalize it like I do social media. So what, what could you see me doing differently to remove that comfort, that dopamine hit of food? I mean, you do exercise, so I, that mm-hmm. can't be. Um, but I think that you got to combat your boredom with something positive that isn't destroying your body or your yeah. mind. Be preaching to the choir here. And so, well, what, I just think it's fair that you critique me a little bit because I critique you. So I wanted, I wanted to hear your, you know, some critique on but it. But here's the thing: I think that just because you feel like, oh, that snacky snack sounds good, yeah. It so does. what? Be hungry for a little bit. 9 p.m. cheese and no, no, meat no. just sounds good. I think it's important that if you think you're hungry, instead you could go drink a whole glass of water, wait half an hour, and see if you still feel that way. So that funny, Michael Easter said the same thing really? on that Rogan podcast. He said the exact same thing. He said if you are going to eat because you're bored, mm-hmm. drink a whole glass of water and see if you're still hungry. Yeah. And, That's and weird. Were you listening works. to that? No, I just know things. Okay. Um, I just think that you got to give your body... Your body is, here's the thing. Here's why I don't like exercise. It's uncomfortable. My legs get tired. They start to burn. The, the muscles burn. Some people like that. I don't. I'm like, when is this going to be over? This feels like torture. So, But that discomfort brings mm-hmm. about a lot yeah. of positivity. If I worked out more, my core would be stronger. My back wouldn't hurt. My ankles wouldn't hurt. So to stay on track then, when it comes to recovery, mm-hmm. Where do you see where do you see people in their comfort crisis, and where could they where do they do to change? And that? I'm not saying it from like a preachy thing, but what I see of people in recovery is they won't make time for meetings. They won't make time to be a consistent person at a certain meeting and make it their home group. They won't get a service commitment and serve that group. They won't take time for prayer and meditation. They, they want do- everything from God, but they don't want to give God that thirty minutes in the morning. Yeah, they're not disciplined with prayer and meditation. Um, they won't sponsor other people. 
<laughs> like that yeah. one is the most selfish one that always blows my mind. Now, right. of course, if someone is not a chronic, chronic drug addict or alcoholic, they shouldn't sponsor and take people through the 12 steps. Right. Right. But if they are, then that's the 12th step. That's what God got us sober to do. And that is the easiest secret handshake at self-sacrifice yeah. is sponsoring others and passing on to someone behind you what was freely given to me. So. I think it's a good good thing to say that when it comes to recovery or or your life to really look at it and say where am I taking too much comfort? Mm-hmm. You know, and instead of uh, you know I come home at the end of the day, so instead of hitting a meeting that I really know I should hit. Mm-hmm. By the way, even if I'm not new in recovery, why should I hit a meeting? Even if you're not new, so I've been oh. around two years. Why should I hit a meeting? To bring something to help someone. That's right. To give mm-hmm. back. But what what do people normally say? Oh, I don't feel like I need a meeting. I don't need a meeting. Well, it's not for you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Go help yeah. somebody. You ever wish you could carry a brick around just to hit people in the face with? I do that, but I do it with the form of a big book in my mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's and, all psychological minefield in my, my bubble. <laughs> and anybody who knows us, that's fact. They're laughing right now going, yeah, yeah, she does. She does that. But it's in an encouraging way. I know it sounds horrible, but I'm trying to encourage people to do things that is the ticket to happiness. Like, if you're unhappy, yeah. get uncomfortable yeah. and go help somebody. And there's something to be said about being busy in the action, whether you're in. OK, so let's take it like this. I'm in religion. Right. So I have I go to church. I have a small group. I'm in a leadership training. Like I'm, I'm taking an active part, an active role in my church mm-hmm. to become a part of. Right. All right. Next one. Um, Twelve step fellowship. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a home group that you go to every week. And you a take an commitment. active service role. Mm-hmm. You seek people to help. That's that's another one. And, and, like, and just FYI, it can't be your job. If you're getting right. a paycheck and you work in treatment, that doesn't count. That's one of your hang-ups, huh? <laughs> I hate that. You got to do it for free. But, your job is not your service. But it's all about being feelings. If I feel uncomfortable, instead of in, in the evening when I feel uncomfortable and I want to change it with food, mm-hmm. be okay with the discomfort. Yeah. And I will say this. like I was just talking to a sponsee yesterday that it's very uncomfortable after you get sober for a little bit when the feelings return and God is convicting me to like seek custody of my children or visitation and all, even though when it's really uncomfortable. Those supervised visits that I had at first with my mm-hmm. kids, super uncomfortable. Oh, It way. wasn't a wonderful kumbaya reunion. No, it was so uncomfortable. And so the I was sum- sitting there with two very unhappy children <laughs> that didn't even know me. The summary of what we've picked up from that podcast about comfort crisis is number one, create your own rites of passage to toughen up your mind and body. So Do this whatever year, you can to toughen your mind and body. So this year I talked to Jason and I may go hunting. You should. Because I've never done that before. Number two, combat loneliness by staying alone in nature for a while. Whatever a while is. I want to do that so bad. I want you to do that too. You want me to get eaten by a bear, let's be honest. (laughs) Number three, life is better when you don't depend on things for your happiness and live simply instead. External things will never make you happy. They're always, whether it's external validation or an external thing, they're counterfeit and they will never bring you true joy or happiness. Only God will. True. So thank you for listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. Tune in next week. I'm going to have David Ludlow on the show. And don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though.